The Week in Doubt, episode 343. Hey everybody, I'm Phil Albertelli, the host of The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And right before I sat down to record, I published a kind of re-release of The Week in Doubt Thanksgiving documentary, which I believe I entitled A Brief History of Thanksgiving. And I was tempted to just sit back on my laurels. Because I've been working on a Patreon bonus episode, the one inspired by friend and listener Jody Mack, which is going to be about Arthur Schopenhauer, the German philosopher. And uh, I didn't really plan what I was going to do for the main show this week, but I thought, hey, you know, uh, let's make a valiant effort and try to get something out for everyone. And speaking of Patreon, it's kind of funny. Uh, Remember uh, the recent review of the movie Joker that I released? I said that uh, it was in response to a Patreon request. Well, I found out after the fact that the person who requested the episode isn't a Patreon supporter. At least I don't think they are. Uh, They're just a a listener. Uh, I shouldn't say just. Uh, They're a listener I interact with regularly on Twitter. And for some reason... I was uh, operating under the uh, the misconception that they were one and the same with a Patreon supporter that I often interact with, but that's uh, that's not the case. But uh, I don't mind at all. You know, I appreciate and value interaction with uh, with my listeners very very much. And I'm very thankful that this person interacts with me all the time on Twitter. So even though he might not be a Patreon supporter, it's still my honor to, you know, uh, respond to a request. And I am glad I I did that review. And it's probably a good thing that I didn't make it uh, patron only because then the person who requested the episode never would have uh, gotten to hear it, uh, hear it rather, if in fact they're uh, they're not a Patreon supporter. So just wanted to clear that up. I thought it was kind of uh, funny. But since I didn't plan anything ahead of time, I thought I'd just have some fun and randomly uh, scour the internet for interesting stories that are in keeping with the spirit of the show, and then just, uh, you know, cover them as we go. And so I figured first up, why not take a trip over to Patheos's Friendly Atheist channel, see if there's uh, anything good doing there. And so let's see what our choices are. We have evangelicals have an awful reputation with non-Christians. They earned it. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) not too interesting, but uh, yeah, I agree. Woman in same-sex marriage sues Christian seminary for expelling her. Mm, Christians are fighting over whether Chick-fil-A is still sufficiently anti-gay. That kind of catches my interest. Okay, let's check that out. And so uh, this is dated today, November 24th. Okay, almost had to think about it. And it's by Hemant Mehta, the man himself. Let's see. Conservative Christians are now fighting with each other over whether Chick-fil-A is still sufficiently Jesus-friendly enough so they can stuff their faces. And I've never been in a Chick-fil-A. Uh, it has nothing to do with... Uh, my personal ideology or politics or anything. <laughs> I love chicken. Although the chicken's been always been like my favorite food, especially you know fried breaded chicken. But uh, I've been making a lot of changes to my diet, and I'm worried about my cholesterol. So um, 
I don't know how long it will last, but at least temporarily I've sworn off fried foods. But man, that those Chick-fil-A sandwiches look pretty good in the picture. But anyway, let's continue. Last week, the restaurant chain announced it would be restructuring its charity giving in a way that focused on helping the poor and meant it would no longer be giving donations to groups like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That angered right-wing Christians who saw the move as a capitulation to LGBTQ activists who have long criticized the company for giving to groups that were explicitly or implicitly anti-marriage equality. Giving to the needy apparently wasn't Christian enough for them. Evangelist Franklin Graham defended the company. In a post on Facebook last week, he said he had spoken to the restaurant chain's owner and he was assured Chick-fil-A remains committed to Christian values. And let's see. So there's a tweet. Uh, I don't want to go to Twitter. Stop that. There's a tweet from Franklin Graham here. And then uh, there's also uh, a quote here. I don't know if it's from said tweet. Uh, Let's see, this first paragraph looks boring. (laughs) Skip down a little. In my opinion, the gay movement wouldn't ever be happy with Chick-fil-A unless they were open on Sunday, gave all of their charitable donations to LGBTQ organizations, and flew the rainbow flag over their stores, exclamation mark. Their hatred for Chick-fil-A is rooted in founder Truett Cathy's strong stand for biblical traditional values and his desire to honor God. And so I think this is a very hyperbolic, wide-sweeping generalization. He's speaking about the uh, so-called gay movement as if uh, it's one monolithic thing where, of course, it's made up of individuals. And I'm sure there probably are some gay people or LGBTQ people who are kind of militaristically atheistic. And there's probably some who are kind of, you know, progressive Christians and everything in between. And I don't think it's an all or nothing thing. I'm sure there's many people in the gay community or LGBTQ movement, uh, if you want to call it that, who would be happy if Chick-fil-A was still you know, uh, um, a Christian organization of sorts, but one that was more accepting and friendly to the LGBTQ community. So to me, that's just Franklin Graham blowing smoke. What more do you expect from, uh, you know, a televangelist? But if they really are refocusing their charitable donations so that they're actually giving to the poor and needy instead of giving money to anti-gay organizations, I think that's a really good thing. And it's kind of, you know, I think it's a, I was going to say kind of a nice olive branch or a concession to the LGBTQ community, but I don't know if that's what you know, how it was intended behind the scenes. Maybe it's all just a PR thing. But, you know, it's kind of a nice step in that direction. I think, you know, traditionally, the Christian thing is supposed to be to help the poor and needy, right? So in that sense, they're still sticking to their Christian values. But without sticking their thumb in the eye of the LGBTQ community and giving to bigoted anti-gay organizations. But to be honest, I actually haven't researched this story too deeply. I don't know all the facts, and I probably shouldn't be putting too much of a positive spin on it. We'll see what Chick-fil-A actually does as, you know, time unfolds or whatever. 
So let's look for another story. I thought I saw another one on uh, Patheos hair that interested me. Televangelist, criticism of Trump is Satan's plan to block the return of Jesus. Yeah, let's look at that one. This one's also dated uh, November 24th. Televangelist Frank Amedia, who uh, at first I thought maybe it was Almeida. I've never heard that name. Amedia, Frank Amedia, who has a long history of saying bizarre things and claimed last year that his prayers helped a baby grow 1.5 kidneys, said in a recent video that critics of Donald Trump were guided by Satan. Cool. Not, not his ignorance or cruelty or criminal actions or impeachable conduct. It's all part of some master plan to block Jesus from returning to earth. And uh, since I'm just browsing here and I'm not all set up to, you know, chop up and edit audio files, I'll just play this from my computer and hope that uh, my my uh, faithful blue Yeti mic here actually does a decent job of picking up the audio. You were talking about Israel. If you want to continue that thought, go ahead but also about, you know, the chaos and the confusion that's going on in Washington right now. Washington. Where they're just throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at this president. Well, the disruptors, some of them knowingly and some of them unknowingly. We understand that it's not flesh and blood that we war against, but it's principalities and powers. There are some very intense principalities that were working, first of all, to try to prevent him from winning the election, and you know that I identified those back on Jim Baker's program in September of 2016. They're still working. In fact, I cautioned we should not feel as if the battle's over. It's just begun. They will regroup. You know, I strongly doubt the existence of a higher power. But the fact that Donald Trump, uh, you know, got elected at all, it almost makes me want to jokingly say maybe he did have God on his side. How the hell did the guy survive? Uh, all those scandals, all the times he crudely put his own foot in his mouth, the whole grab him by the pussy thing, all the sexual assault allegations, uh, Trump University, all that crap. Uh, and these evangelicals talk about him like he's literally heaven sent, like the guy can do no, no wrong, uh, like he's perfectly, you know, devo- chased or devoid of sin. I mean, you talk about uh, how outside forces or, you know, liberals or whatever were trying to derail his campaign. What about him, the man, all the things that's wrong with Trump, with the things he's he said and done? Um you would think if people had their head on straight that the guy should have derailed himself. But I think people were just so sick of the status quo that they were ready for any kind of change, even if it meant, you know, voting for a guy like Trump. It just blows my mind how you know, all these good Christian types, you never hear them bring up the guy's failings. And uh, if they did, if they do, they, they kind of gloss it over or just... You know, oh, we're we're all sinners. We're all flawed. You know, uh, it just it blows my mind. But can you imagine if someone on the left said grab him by the pussy or did any of the things that Trump has done that they just gloss over uh, what their reaction would be? Come back stronger. 
They continue to come, and they come to cause rebellion, anarchy, disruption, insurrection, and they're murderous spirits. They're never going murderous to rest spirits. until actually they're arrested by the coming of our Lord and Messiah. Arrested See, by Jesus? We have Jesus? two forces that are opposed to each other. We know politically what's going on, and we understand even somewhat economically what's going on. There's a geopolitical sphere that's working, and that one we see clearly. And in that one is the system. And that system is likened by Scripture to a Babylonian system. It's nothing new in Scripture. It seems to have died and resurrected multiple times. And then finally, in the book of Revelation, we understand it's called the Great Whore Babylon. Well, <sighs> The book of Revelation, the book that supposedly almost didn't make it in to the Christian canon, uh, supposedly, this is one theory, is that there was um, a case of mistaken identity. Um, in the days of the early church, people thought that it was the Apostle John who wrote Revelation, and it turns out that it was a figure known as John of Patmos living um, in exile on uh, the Isle of Patmos, um, appropriately enough. And, uh, and I think it's, scholars think that these were two different individuals. But, uh, and it's in the book of Revelation, it's chock full of political symbolism. I, these different uh, phantasmagorical monsters, dragons, and stuff represent different earthly powers. But anyway. The Great Whore Babylon, I liken that to being the bride of the Antichrist. Neat. And that system is the one that is dealing with all of the slime that's involved with the decay of morality, it's involved with the geopolitical. The decay of morality. So you have Trump, the guy who paid off a, a Playboy bunny, a porn star, what was her name? Uh, Stormy Daniels. Uh, the sexual assault allegations, his business record, uh, his failure to pay people who provided him business services, uh, Trump University, his public conduct, uh, the way he speaks of others, etc. All right system that moves into one currency. It's involved with destroying national sovereignty. All of the things that we see that were happening prior to this man, Donald Trump, with his breaker anointing, coming forth and putting a, a mix into all of it. Later on, I'm going to share through POTUS Shield all of the treaties that he's already annulled and the consequences of those treaties. And I believe the other ones he's going to annul. All of this was put in as a web in the Babylonian empire system, the spiritual system, which is the Babylonian hordes called the bride of evil, the Antichrist. Now we have the bride of Christ. As someone who kind of, who likes goth girls, the bride of evil sounds awesome. And the two are diametrically totally opposed, one establishing the kingdom of God and the other one That's trying to upset the kingdom of God. Donald Trump has a big target on him. And that target isn't just politics. That target is spiritual because he literally, single-handedly, has arrested the momentum of that system. And he's threatened it. And we can put names and faces on them here on Earth, or we can understand this is spiritual. And Steve, we are those that need to... Trump has arrested the momentum of the Babylonian system, or whatever this guy calls it. I imagine to him it's, you know... Um a symbol of modern de moral decay or whatever. 
And this is the guy who's currently caught up in impeachment hearings because he tried to bribe another, a foreign leader to look into uh, an American citizen, a uh, you know a political opponent. And yeah, I think I'm a left-leaning person, but I don't trust most politicians on either side of the aisle as far as I can throw them. And I'm plenty happy to uh, to criticize. Joe Biden and people on the uh, the left side of the aisle as well, if they behave suspiciously or inappropriately. Um, so the whole thing with Joe Biden's son getting paid grotesque amounts of money to work for some kind of Ukrainian oil company, that obviously doesn't sit well with me, but it doesn't change the fact that I believe Trump was trying to hold back uh, aid from the Ukraine. He wanted a, a quid pro quo where they would provide him with intel uh, or dirt on Joe Biden when I believe um, was a Congress who had approved uh, that aid for the Ukraine and not with this quid pro quo in mind. <clears throat> what we see and hear what we hear and we realize that we are in a Sorry about that. battle, <laughs> Just hit my mirror, battle uh, door. that is trying to prevent the return of Christ. And to get there, things have to happen, but they have to happen according to the plans and purposes of God. Donald Trump has come in, and he's put his foot on the pedal on one end to bust it up, and he's put his foot on the brake on the other one to slow it down. And that's what it all boils down to. The two brides that are diametrically opposed to each other, and we are those that are called to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And all of this has to do with what we can do, not only in our nation, but around the globe. Yeah, so I don't know what the hell evangelicals see in Trump. Uh, I understand there's a concept in Christianity that we're all flawed, that we live in a quote-unquote fallen world, and you guys know what I think about that. The, you know, what I find to be uh, the very immoral doctrine of original sin, and that we all have to pay and suffer for the transgressions of the first two humans, or whatever. Uh, it's a, a very ugly notion, in my opinion. Um, but they don't seem to have a problem criticizing people for their moral failings who are on the other side of the aisle. But someone like Trump, who is a complete moral failure because he's their guy, you know, they just gloss right over all that. And the guy's not even that religious that I can tell. It seems to me he's an opportunist and uh, he pays lip service to religion or evangelicals when it serves his interests. And anyone with half a brain should be able to see through that, to see through that act. So I, you got me. I don't know. But it's a Sunday night as I record this, and I have to work tomorrow. So I'm probably going to call it a wrap. Thanks, everyone, as always, for listening. You guys know the drill. You can like the Facebook page. I think I lost one. Maybe uh, some of my recent posts were a bit too spicy. I think I lost a like. So if anyone wants to step up and uh, get back, get things back to where they were. Um, also, you can follow the show on Twitter. Not too active there, a little, little active, but you can still uh, follow the show there. Uh, you can check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing it now. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can become a Patreon supporter. You can go to patreon.com slash the weekend doubt and help the show out for 
for as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, any amount you can contribute uh, helps greatly. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time.